There's a new iPod Nano and the shuffle prices fall. Apple wants to sell a billion songs in iTunes. Adobe shows no love for the Intel Macs. My Mac Podcast 68. The next generation of radio. It's the MyMac.com Podcast. Casting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Hey everybody, I'm Tim Robertson. And I'm Chad Perry. And it's another exciting week to be a Mac user in the world tonight. Yes. A lot of stuff going on. We're not going to cover it all, obviously. We we don't record that long. No. There, there's a lot of stuff to cover, and... Uh, We'll get into the news here in a little bit, but uh, I actually, I wanted to tell Chad, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I actually picked up iLife 06. Did you finally? Yeah, of course, we're not recording this on the new GarageBand like I was hoping to do, but yeah. uh, once we get a copy over here and installed on your computer, which means you're going to have to buy a copy of which iLife, because um, we're not pirates. No. Um, dar, I'm, I'm kind of looking, <laughs> looking forward to seeing what I, or, uh, uh, GarageBand could do, the new yeah. one. Uh, I haven't really played with it much. I've I've opened it and looked at it, and it's got some preset things when you select podcasts. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it can make our podcast sound better, I'm all for it. All the better to me. Yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't really played with iWeb too much either. Mm. Um, you know, I have Adobe Go Live, and mm-hmm. and I use it all the time when I do most of my Mac.com anything when I'm posting articles and stuff like that, yeah. that's what I use to edit all the HTML. And so I'm very used to more of a high-end program. And this is such a low-end program that when I launched it and kind of looked around, you know, they have these built-in templates and you just basically replace that information with your information. Right. Um, but you know, it was weird. When, when I do stuff in Go Live, I constantly go to the source code and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the source code that I copy and paste into our system at mymac.com to get it posted. Yeah. I don't post the preview or the layout or anything like that. I go to the actual mm-hmm. code. I couldn't figure out how to look at the code in iWeb. I'm sure there's a way, but it wasn't very intuitive on how to do so. Yeah. And when you when someone like you who's been publishing online for as long as you have, you're probably more used to looking at it from the code perspective than doing any sort of And and let's be honest, I'm not the demographic that Apple wants to sell iLight or iWeb right. to. Right. Um, but you know what, from what I saw on a brief ten minute playing around with the application, because quite honestly that's as much time as I've had to spare to do so lately, yeah. um, it looks like a really cool addition to iLife. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I have been spending a lot of time with is iPhoto so far. And I have to say, iPhoto 06 is just fabulous. I really, really dig it. Mm. You know, I've got quite a few digital pictures on my computer. Man, that thing, like Steve Jobs says, it scrolls like butter. (laughs) (laughs) Scrolls like butter. Yeah, (laughs) scrolls like butter. (laughs) And I, you know, it does. It's, it's, Mm. as you're scrolling down, the date that these pictures are from, wherever happens to be on screen at any one time, is superimposed on your screen. So you can see exactly where you're at as you're scrolling down, which is very helpful if you know, you know what, I want need to go back and look at June of 03. Yeah. And you, boom, you're right there. You can see exactly what you're doing, and it's very intuitive, and it's mm-hmm. very fast. I really, so far, really, really dig the full screen editing. 
I didn't really think that was going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. When I saw the demonstration, I thought, okay, the whole screen goes black and you got your photo, the whole screen, with your editing tools right there. Yeah. Okay, big deal. I use Photoshop for all that stuff anyway, so... Why you know about the only thing I used in iPhoto as far as cleaning up a photo was its red eye. Yeah, it, it just worked very well, and I still use it for that. And I still do most of my editing in Photoshop because I just have so much more control over everything I want to do to a picture. Right. But when I went to that full screen mode, and I've got a twenty three inch cinema display, wow, what a difference that made! See, you, now I'm looking forward to trying that myself because I am not a Photoshop user and probably never really will be i just don't have a, a real demand for it and and my wife doesn't either so i think more powerful tools for iPhoto is what i'm looking for because yeah. it's just a basic we're the casual vacation camera shooters yeah and you, you know? want to clean up some of those pictures yeah. you know, enhance them maybe you want to get a little cool and make them yeah. sepia tone just a, con- or, a tr- contrast in lighting when i've got a bad shot you know, and, or, and get rid of the uh, red eye I, yeah. I love iPhoto to get out of red eye to get mm-hmm. red eye out of someone, I should say. Yeah. And I don't mean the drunk people. <laughs> My, you know, I, I've got three daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany doesn't get red eye too bad. Brooke, the youngest, two and a half year old, doesn't get red eye too bad. But my oldest daughter, Rachel, uh, eleven, man, she—I swear to God, every single t- picture we take of her, her eyes are just demonized. They're just <laughs> bright red. Mm. So if I take a lot of pictures of her, I'm constantly in iPhoto just removing the red eye. But with this full screen mode, it's so much easier. Mm. It's it's It pops it right up, and I just love it. And uh, So i got to give my hats off to Apple for a really good version of iPhoto. You know, looking at this entire package now, iPhone, or, uh, iLife 6, what a great upgrade. I mm-hmm. mean... You've got some really killer applications. Every one of them has been updated. Well, for eighty bucks too. I mean, that's the seventy seventy nine dollars yeah. is just dirt cheap. Um, how can Apple sell such great software for such cheap price? Any almost any one of those applications themselves by themselves would be worth eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new iMovie I started playing with. I'm doing a video for a, another friend of mine. And he wants a wedding video, and some of their themes that they have at the beginning, I used one of them for his wedding, uh-huh. it looks fabulous. I'm really? like, wow, this looks really mm-hmm. great. Um, and I can't wait to see the finished product myself. I did notice, though, that, uh, and this is running on a 1.8 gigahertz G5. It's about two years old now. Mm-hmm. But iPhoto, is, or uh, I'm sorry, iMovie is really slow now. Mm. I'm used to the last version on my G5, which was yeah, pretty it, snappy. It was yeah. pretty snappy. It wasn't the slowest and it wasn't the fastest, but it was pretty snappy. This new version, man, it's just, it, I don't know why, it's just a lot slower, and I really, really don't like that. I'll give you an example. Um, I had to import from a VHS his entire wedding, which is like two hours, mm-hmm. and I did it right into iMovie, worked great. And then I copy that whole file over in the clip plane so I can start editing different pieces out. So I don't necessarily mess up the, the full everything version in case, mm-hmm. you know, I lose it. I still right. have that. So I, I pull out like a little, geez, maybe three minute clip. And I go up to advance and say extract audio because I don't want any audio on this. I'm laying down a music track underneath it. So I don't want to hear, you know, people's sniffling and coughing and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, on my on on the last version of iMovie, you know, 
15 second to two minute clip that would be nothing it would take just a few seconds and the mm-hmm. audio would be extracted and i'd delete the audio right on this version i started doing it walked away came back and i said seven minutes remaining i was like to extract audio come on so i actually i stopped it i quit the program rebooted my machine launched it again didn't have anything else running and some people are well you need more memory i've got four gigabytes of ram in this machine Mm -hmm. four gigabytes of just memory so having enough memory isn't the problem had no other applications running and this is 1.8 gigahertz g5 went up tried to extract the audio and it said like 10 minutes to do it Mm. so i can't figure out what's going on and why it's doing that but it's kind of annoying but that little minor quibble and it is a minor quibble aside it's man iMovie is is great it's working and some of the new features in there is a lot better yeah and i did try out and i talked about this last week at tad sheeler's house um multiple projects open at the same time mm-hmm. well, that's cool yeah that was pretty cool i like that worked well yes worked real well so uh if you guys were thinking i don't know if i should pick up iLife 6 i picked up iLife 5 and it was pretty good um the difference between iLife 4 and iLife 5 wasn't that great the difference between iLife 5 and iLife 6 is huge mm. it's it's definitely worth the 80 bucks to buy so if you guys were waiting it works great for me i really really am impressed with it Cool. And I know you're probably going to have to pick it up now too. Yeah, I am now. Well, I, I've I've wanted it ever since it came out, just for the for the GarageBand features because we record the podcast over here on my machine. But also to see what the new iPhoto stuff is because I know my wife enjoys iPhoto and likes to be able to tweak our photographs. So absolutely, and yep. that's what that program is for. Let's jump into a little bit of the news here. Um, Apple released an I, a new iPod Nano, which looks just like the other previous two models, uh, but it only has one gigabyte of hard drive space, and it's only 149 bucks. Apple, meanwhile, dropped the price of the iPod Shuffle. The 512 megabyte Shuffle is only $69, while the one gigabyte Shuffle is $99. Think about that. You can now buy a brand new iPod Mini, or I'm sorry, iPod Shuffle, for only 69 bucks. Yep. Which other MP3? mp3 manufacturer can compete with that i mean you're getting a brand new <laughs> ipod well you know engadget had those new scented mp3 players <laughs> i saw one that looked like a soccer ball i'm, yeah. I'm like what are you people doing i mean if, if obviously if you're in competition with apple making mp3 players you're not just going to surrender and give them the market yeah but the sad thing is that i think apple has blown these guys into the novelty market now oh they have they can't do anything revolutionary it has to be a gimmick now yeah Yeah. that's the only way they're going to sell anything oh i can get a hello kitty mp3 player now i get one shaped like a soccer ball or a cube dell with their jukebox they're getting out of it they said they don't want to sell mp3 players anymore so the dell jukebox is a dead product They, Mm -hmm. they canceled that and who who is competing with Apple now? Sony's got a couple MP3 players, but yeah. which uh, and I will admit are very cool mm-hmm. looking. But Apple is just kicking everybody's butt, and now sixty nine bucks, brand new iPod. Yeah, sixty nine bucks. Mm-hmm. It's only five twelve. But let's be honest, for the average person, if you're going to go out and jog, mm-hmm. how many songs do you need? How long are you going to be running? Well, unless you're like a long-distance runner, you're probably not going to need more than a half hour to an hour's worth of songs. A lot of people were wondering, um, there was rumors rampant that, oh, they're going to come out with a a one gigabyte and a two gigabyte or a two gigabyte and a four gigabyte iPod shuffle. No, they're not. No. What you've seen right now is probably the end of the shuffle line. Mm -hmm. 
but if Apple could keep selling them at a profit at sixty nine bucks, you could put those well, at, I don't know at if a I'd convenience call it, store. I, I don't know if I'd call it the end. I'd call it the bottom of their MP three player line. Now. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Um, mm. Could be cut, but then again, I mean, ideally, if if I had my choice, I would certainly take the Nano just because it's cool and I get a display, so I can see what I'm playing. One hundred and forty nine bucks for an iPod Nano. One hundred forty nine yeah. bucks, one gigabyte. If you have a choice, fifty bucks more, you can go with a shuffle, where it's very basic, or you mm-hmm. can go with a Nano with a nice color screen, and that mm-hmm. looks cool. I don't think there's much of a competition. Yep. And, you know, they both Excuse run me. off flash memory, so it's not like there's any moving parts to worry about. Exactly. It's. I, I know a lot of people are like, well, it's going to scratch. and Well, you know what? Buy a case. If yeah. you're so worried about it, buy a case. Well, if, or, and, or buy that buy that stuff that uh, uh, David had, David Cohen, that, uh, you know, aircraft blade stuff that they yeah. wrapped around it. I mean, that'd be fine, too. Or if you're so worried about it, spend 50 bucks left, get the 1 gigahertz shuffle, gigahertz gigabyte yeah um you know you don't have to worry about a screen yeah i like the screens though. oh i do too. my wife has a shuffle you've got a shuffle here yeah my wife has and a you shuffle also too. have a regular ipod yep. and i've got a regular ipod i like to see what song's playing yep i like to be able to scroll through the menu and select exactly what i want to hear mm-hmm. but those are two different markets and if i'm just going to jump in the car and drive somewhere for a half hour and back a shuffle's fine if I know what's on it. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like listening to, you know, U2. Pop it in, transfer the songs, mm-hmm. pop it out, plug it into the car, and good to go. Yeah. With the iPod shuffle, if I'm going to... And that's, honestly, the, the regular iPod is what I use most of the time. Because mm-hmm. it's got all my music on it now. Yeah. And I just... I can pretty much listen to anything that I want, as long as I already own it. Mm-hmm. It's already on my iPod. I don't right. have to think, well, what do I want to put on here to listen to this time? I don't have to do that. Everything is right there. Mm-hmm. So that's the nice part about having a, a big hard drive and, and yeah. a nice shu- uh, iPod because you right. can listen to all your music anytime, anywhere. And with the shuffle, you have to be a little more concerned about what kind of playlist you're going to create. And, you know, you can create playlists for different things for whatever mood you're in, but you can't hold all your songs. Exactly. So. Well, you can if you only have a few songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, speaking of songs, uh, start buying as many songs from the iTunes Music Store as you can now as Apple has launched the 1 billion songs promo. From now until Apple sells its 1 billionth song, every 100,000 song whole, sold buyer will win a 4 gigabyte iPod Nano and a $100 iTunes gift card. The winner who wins the 1 billion song with a 20 inch iMac, uh, 10? 10 60 gig iPods, which are obviously the video iPods, and a $1,000 iTunes music gift card. Also, Apple will create a full-ride scholarship in the winner's name to a world-renowned music store. Wow. Wow. That's that's a heck of a prize. If you're the person that buys the one billionth song, you get a 20-inch iMac, which I assume is going to be an Intel. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine they'd give you G5, but then again, maybe they would. Yeah, yeah I still wouldn't complain. But oh, heck no. <laughs> uh, you'll get 10, 10 Video 60 iPods. gigabyte iPods. What am I going to I, I can't think of 10 people. Well, yeah, I could. I just send them out to the staff. Yeah. I'd need more than 10, but mm-hmm. still, I, for the average person, you, you you got 10 gig. I would keep two for myself. Yeah. And my immediate family would all get one. Then you're going to have at least five or six left. Boy, who are you going to get? <laughs> you know, the, the, my issue is that I, I can't think of people in my family who will use them. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I can think of, you know, some cousins that are, you know, that have. Uh, 
MP3 players, and I can think of some friends who do, but, you know, my sisters don't, and my brother doesn't, you know, I... I, I could probably do it on, on in my family as far as between my wife's family and my family, which mm-hmm. is, it's, it's all our family. Yeah. But on my side of the family, there's only like two people that use computers, and they both are on Macs that could use one. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think either one of those people would care one way or another. They, they're not big music listeners, and yeah. the iPod would do nothing for them. Mm-hmm. And on my wife's side of the family, I, I could think of probably three or four people who could really use them. But other than that, boy, I just... I wouldn't know what to do with that many yeah. iPods. Yeah. And a $1,000 music card. Wow, a 1000 that That's a 1000 songs you could buy. Ooh. I know Boy, it. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could find a 1000 songs as, as extensive as the iTunes Music Store is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could find a 1000 songs to buy. Even if it sounded halfway good, yeah, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, okay, I'll take well, it. Maybe over the course of like a year or two, I Depends could, on if this card expired or what. Yeah, you know? that's the only thing, is it'd have to be like, just credit my account, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's what you would do. You'd get yeah. home, enter the code, and it would say, $1,000. <laughs> Anytime something new came shopping. out, click. Well, you know, or, well, well, or it'd think be about it would be 500 Think about it, though. I mean, if you wanted to buy a season of something... A season of, of any TV show. Yeah, that's probably going to cost you close to 30 40 bucks. Right. So, I mean, you can blow some of that on that. Absolutely. We're going to check your email while you're sitting here talking. So, anyways, get on the iTunes Music Store and start buying. Because even if you don't get the billion song, if you get one of the 100,000 songs, you still win a 4-gig iPod Nano and a $100, $100 gift certificate. So be a 100, 100 songs. Yep. Uh, next item. Or Apple, 100 chicken nuggets. So. Yeah, 100 chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh, Apple faces its 1,738th frivolous lawsuit this year. Is it a real number? No, I made it up. Okay. It just seems like it's that many. <laughs> yeah. As John Keel Patterson of Louisiana alleges that the iPod can damage his hearing. That's right. He, was not, he has not suffered any hearing damage, but he decided to sue Apple because the iPod could <laughs> damage his hearing. In related news, Chris okay. Siebold of MyMac.com has filed a lawsuit against Burger King, claiming that their new The King mascot on their television commercials may cause him to stop watching his new 42-inch plasma television because, quote, that guy creeps me out and I don't want to see the commercials anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so The King is giving Chris Siebold bad dreams. You heard That's it right. right. Here. And, and it's making him not want to watch his 42-inch plasma, yeah. Yeah, which his wife won in a contest. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if you want that made public or not, but oh well. Um, <laughs> he'll be like, hey, dude. Um, and, of course, you're going to hear Chris Seabolt later in the show with his... Not Mac News. Not Mac News. You know, a lot of people say, well, you and Chad do the podcast. Well, you know what? It's not just you and I who do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Guy Searle is a big part of the show, and so yep. is Chris Seabolt. And, of course, we've got people behind the scenes that helped us with the music. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of which, Kevin Reeves, and we've talked about this before, and we've actually had Kevin on the show recently. Yep. Uh, he's got his album coming out, and if you go up to kevinreeves.net now, you can actually pre-order the album. You'll be able to download four songs and a mm-hmm. bonus fifth. So I got the press release. So. Yeah, you got that too, huh? Yeah. yeah. I great. actually heard one of his new songs, listened to the Daily Source Code earlier today, and yeah. it was rocking. I was like, this Sweet. is good. So I'm looking forward to new album here pretty quickly. Yep. Um, we have a new sponsor for our podcast. Yep. And uh, Our sponsor is? IROX USA. Remember, we were giving away that glowing keyboard. We had a lot of contest entries. We gave two away. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, I did the review of it, and I like the keyboard. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things that I do occasionally is I'll send out email to companies that we've dealt with in the past saying, hey, we do have advertising and sponsorship opportunities both at MyMac.com and our web, and our podcast. Yep. And they were interested. And I said, well, you know what? Instead of just sending a commercial to us, let us talk about your product for a minute because this is actually a product that we both liked, we mm-hmm. both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, just let us talk about it for a minute. And that's, that's what the sponsorship's all about. Yep. So... So, are we? What are we talking about this time? Is we're going to talk about the uh, KR sixty eight ten M glowing keyboard, or are we talking about uh, something else at IROX? Well, let's let's start with the keyboard this time. All right. Uh, this is a really cool keyboard. If you type in a darkened room and you can't see your keyboard, or it, you just like to do your computing in the dark, yeah, and you definitely want to look at your keys like me occasionally. Mm-hmm. This is really really cool. It's got an on and off switch. You turn it on, turn it off, and your keyboard will glow. You can actually see your keys at nighttime. A it's nice awesome. pleasant blue. It's awesome. It's very slim, so it's not a huge keyboard. It's basically the same type of a keyboard that you'd find on a laptop, and I really like the tactile feel of them. Yep. There's no drive needed for the uh, lighting function. And the cool thing is it's only 65 bucks. However, and this is the cool part. This is the cool part. There is a rebate code for MyMac Podcast listeners only. Mm-hmm. It's a $12 rebate. So if you buy this, you're going to save 12 bucks. All you have to do is go up to... <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to... www this is the irockusa.com yep i i dash rock u rocks usa.com so i dash r-o-c-k-s-u-s-a.com and you're gonna have to have a code this code is called ikeyglow and it's cap sensitive yep so we want to give it to him now. Or put it in the show well, notes. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I'm going to definitely say what it is now. Okay. It's, it's iKeyGlow, but it's smaller case i, like in iBook, mm-hmm. iMac, and then key, start, starting with a capital K, E-W, capital G. Uh, no. No? What did I say? You said IQ. Oh, my fault. I-K. <laughs> <laughs> Go I, ahead, Chad. Not, it, is, it is lowercase i, capital K, E-Y, Capital G L O W I key glow, and we will put this in the show notes, and you guys will know what that's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also put a direct link to irocksusa.com, and it's twelve bucks off a really cool sixty-five dollar keyboard. Yep, and this rebate, the mail-in rebate, is only good until February twenty-eighth for our listeners and website customers. If uh, you are interested in buying this keyboard and you missed the February twenty-eighth date, you can pick this up. Obviously, you can go to iRocksUSA's website. You can also go to ecost.com, zipzoomfly.com, pcmall.com, and macmall.com. Yep. Thank you very much, iRocksUSA, for your sponsorship, and uh, we do appreciate it. And we're sure quite a few of our listeners are going to want to take advantage of that cool deal. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. It's Not Mac News episode. 13. To celebrate our 13 anniversary segment, we thought we'd take a look back at all the great moments over the last 13 episodes. Good times. Good times. We hope to do better in the future. Surprising revelations from Apple. Not Mac News has learned that the introduction of the 1GB Nano 
was not a lock. In fact, Apple execs were debating up until the last minute whether they should release the new Nano or go with a 4GB iPod Shuffle. The Nano won out when the 4GB Shuffle test user developed a serious case of repetitive stress injury from repeated button mashing. In other news, IBM is said to be on track to deliver low-power chips running at 4 to 6 gigahertz. When Steve Jobs learned of the development, he promptly enrolled in a cartography course at a Bay Area junior college so he could learn to accurately read chipmakers' roadmaps. Not Mac News. Your respite from the relevant. I'm trying my very best. Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com, so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com. And thank you very much to Small Dog Electronics as one of our podcast and website sponsors. As well as Chris Siebold for another great Not Mac News. Thank you much, Chris. And uh, try not to let that Burger King guy creep you out anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Adobe has released information about not porting their applications, including Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, etc., to run natively on the Intel-based Macintosh computers. Adobe has said that they will not upgrade the current versions of any of their applications and will not support the platform until the next major release, which should be sometime in late 2007. That's really bad news for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, for the if a lot of people are wondering out there, I don't understand what you mean by that. Let's explain it. Um, the new Intel Macintosh computers cannot run natively regular Mac software. It has to run it in emulation, and the emulation yeah. it uses is called Rosetta. Yep. Gets it from the, the Rosetta, Rosetta Stone. Stone. Exactly. And uh, right now, if you've been keeping up on any of the uh, clocking figures, or at least the comparisons people have been using between the Intel Macs and the PowerPC Macs, they all basically say the same thing, that things that are not natively written for the Intel Macs will run slower. And some applications will run much slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impressions that I've been reading out <clears> there is Adobe Photoshop, which is probably, without a doubt, Adobe's most popular program, right. and which most Mac users need for mm-hmm. their jobs, if that's what they do. Right. They need Photoshop. Well, it runs very slowly in Rosetta. So, without question, most Mac users that are considering buying a new Intel Mac, hoping that Adobe's going to have a version soon for them mm-hmm. are out of luck. Yep. What's this mean to the average Mac user? Probably not much. If you're not a heavy Photoshop user or of or any other Adobe product for that matter, doesn't mean anything to you. You can still go ahead and buy that new iMac or the mm-hmm. MacBook Pro or whatever's coming down the pike. But if you have to use Adobe's products professionally when time is money, yeah, you might want to hold off getting an Intel Mac for a little while. Yep, and that's bad news for Apple, and I think that's bad news for <laughs> computer users in general. But let's be honest: the current crop of G5 towers that are out there right now are blazingly fast. Right, there's no question that a dual processor or 
2.5 gigahertz machine or a 2.3 gigahertz dual core G5 Macintosh, they are fast. Mm-hmm. They are very fast. And you know, if you've bought your Mac within the last year, you probably don't need to upgrade right now. Anyways, no. you've already got every. Nothing's going to change for you. You could continue to do the work that you're doing right now. And when it is time for you to buy your machine in another year or two, probably Adobe's going to have Intel Mac, Intel-based Macintosh applications ready to go. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's bad news. I understand where Adobe's coming from, though. They yeah. just released Adobe CS2 Creative Suite year. 2 yeah. in, uh, well, at the end of last year, really. Yeah. And th- that's not <clears throat> a minor upgrade. That was a major upgrade for Adobe. And for them to have to turn around and even do some universal binaries would just be a whole lot of work. Work that they probably feel is best spent working on the next big versions of the programs. So I can understand it. But it is still somewhat disappointing. Mm -hmm. And you got to wonder how much of Apple creating software that directly competes with Adobe, such as... Aperture. Aperture. Somewhat in uh, some of their... well. Let's be honest, Final Cut Pro mm-hmm. competes directly with Adobe. Yeah. Uh, iPhoto in some respects. So Apple is competing with Adobe on the application market. And Adobe, but still, you know, if you're a graphic designer on the Mac, you're going to buy Adobe stuff. There's no sure. question. So Apple is both competing and working with Adobe in this matter. So. I do understand where Adobe's coming from, but I can understand why Apple is probably not very pleased. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely the worst timing for Adobe to come out and say, we're not upgrading our products anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's going to hurt <coughs> Mac sales, no question. If there's a graphic design studio out there that's running on the first generation G5 and was thinking, you know what, or even the last generation G4, thinking, yeah, maybe it's time that we're going to mm-hmm. upgrade. As soon as the new power, whatever they're going to be, yeah. from Apple comes out, we're just going to go ahead and upgrade. They're not going to now because mm-hmm. they can't run those programs natively. Right. And when time is money, you cannot, you can't be running Photoshop and Rosetta and trying to get stuff done on a mm-hmm. timely basis. Yeah, but as a, as as a consumer or as a professional user of Adobe's products, I think it's great that they at least came out and said, "Hey, we're not going to string you along for a year, promising that you're going to get, you know, a universal binary version of our software. We're going to come right out and tell yeah. you you're going to have to Absolutely. wait a year. Yeah, don't leave me hanging. Let yeah. me know what's going on. So. You know, in some respects, Adobe's not giving Apple or the Intel Macs any love, mm-hmm. but they're giving their users a lot of love by knowing them where they stand. And yeah. you know, hey, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna release it. Mm-hmm. You know, these are not small applications. You know, Adobe Photoshop is almost an operating system in and of itself. Mm-hmm. If you look at what comprises those programs, it's huge. You know, and, well, and frankly, let, let's let's also look at it from Apple's perspective. Our the professional level Intel based machines going to be ready by 2007. Oh sure, absolutely. You're going to see them by the end of this year. Sure. By the end of this year. But you're going to see first gens. Yes. And I don't know if I'd want to buy a first generation of any new product line. Right. And that's nothing bad against Apple. I'm sure the new iMac and the MacBook Pro are fine. Mm-hmm. I just don't like being that much on the cutting edge. Right. Let somebody else get those machines, get the bugs worked out. Let me keep my current machine that works great. Let me get mm-hmm. my job done. When the second or second and a half, if you will, generation of Power Macs come out, I'll jump on the bandwagon then because mm-hmm. I'll get more power for my buck. Right. But by the same token, if you need a new Mac, 
go yeah. ahead and bite the bullet. I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with these machines. Right. A lot of things, a lot, what people aren't talking about right now is uh, the Intel Macs right now are still 32-bit. Mm-hmm. If you're on a G5, you're 64-bit. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we, we as Mac users never really saw the benefit, the speed benefits of running a 64-bit native applications or working environment. We never really saw any benefit to that, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. But I think Apple knew a while ago that we are going to be going to Intel, and so they didn't really optimize a whole lot for the 64-bit architecture. Yeah. So, anyways. Next up, rumor-mongering is running rampant in the Apple world this week. Gizmodo.com is talking about Apple buying Palm which may make some sense as Palm is located close to Apple and many of the early Palm employees are ex-Apple people. But seriously, do you think this is the kind of business Apple wants to get into? You know, I can't... When the iPod was first released, I said it was the dumbest product in the world. It cost too much, and this is a huge Mm -hmm. mistake for Apple, and Sony's going to step into the MP3 market and crush them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I was right, right on that one, wasn't I? Yeah. So my initial response is, no, Apple doesn't want Palm. What does Palm offer Apple that Apple can't simply create themselves? Don't forget, the Apple had a a great handheld called the Palm, or I'm sorry, called the Newton. <laughs> and and you know, if they were really interested in that, they could have kept that alive. Besides which, you know, as innovative as Apple is, it's very rare when Apple buys something and releases it as their own. Obviously, mm-hmm. they kind of did that with Next and the Mac OS, where they turned the Next OS into the Mac OS. Right. I mean, it. you can't really compare the two because they really did start from the ground up. But I just don't see it. I don't see any compelling reason. I don't know is that many people who carry Palm devices around anymore. Well, aside from me, but uh, even then, it is really, the Palm for me is just primarily uh, addresses and phone numbers now. That's really the only function I use. I don't really use a calendar function. No, and you can do those, what you just said, and if you bought a new cell phone, mm-hmm. you could do all that in a cell phone. Right. So now you're down to one thing. So wouldn't it make more sense for, for Apple to concentrate on maybe a cell phone? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless they're looking for the next BlackBerry. It could be from Apple. Mm-hmm. Especially if BlackBerries go dark. Yeah. Everybody with their crackberries will, will be crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, ThinkSecret.com, who actually has a pretty decent track record of foretelling unannounced Apple products is rumoring, rumoring that Apple is set to release an iBook, to re, or an iBook replacement, I should say, uh, a 13.3 widescreen, completely redesigned Intel MacBook. Hmm. And I think we've talked about this in the past. What would they call it? I, they still call it an iMac an iMac, right? Yeah. Why couldn't they call the iBook an iBook? They don't need to call it the MacBook. I mean, yeah. The Some people Intel. are like, well, yeah, they'll call it the MacBook because you'll have the MacBook and the, the MacBook, MacBook Pro. Pro. Wow. Eh, that's not that big of a distinction, really. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to continue to call it iBook. Probably yeah. not. I'm probably wrong. But I think it's a good name, and I still I think it, it still fits in with the iMac. Mm-hmm. you got the iMac and the iBook. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Um, I don't know if they're really going to go. Maybe they will go with the, a, a widescreen. A 13.3 widescreen really isn't all that exciting, though. But... I don't know. Maybe I, you know they're going to well, replace it you eventually. Know, slimmer, narrower. I don't. Slimmer, no, stylish. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to. Well, slimmer than the current iBook, but I don't think they're going to go slimmer than. Yeah. The back MacBook Pro because they don't want to compete. Uh, they're saying there's probably going to be a one um, core chip, 
Yeah. So not a dual core, so it sure. won't be as fast. Um, I do see Apple probably announcing a new iBook really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it, it's it's rumors, but uh, we're speculating. There's a difference. Yeah. Are you a Battlestar Galactica fan? If you are, you need to check out the Combat Information Center. It's available at www.allenlight.com slash galactica. That's www.allenlight.com dot com slash galactica. It's your one-stop source for all things galactica. If you're a Mac user and you need a hosting service for your website, why would you want to host your site on anything else but a Macintosh? Innotech has been hosting the MyMac.com website for over seven years, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Are they the cheapest web hosting company in the world? No. Do they offer the largest amount of service space of bandwidth in the world? Of course not. But with Innotech, you don't get pie-in-the-sky false promises, just the best customer service, the most popular hosting service plans, and everything running on the latest Apple Macintosh server gear. Check them out at www.inotech.com backslash MyMac for special pricing. That's www.inno-tech.com backslash MyMac. Inotech, the trusted web server of MyMac.com for over seven years. That's like 49 dog years. Listening to the Dashboard Minute, heard exclusively right here on the MyMac.com podcast. Please hang up and try again. Hello, everyone. I'm Guy Searle, and welcome again to the 25th Dashboard Minute. I would like to thank Tim and Chad for putting up with me for all this time. Who knows if we'll get another 25 out of me? I guess that'll depend on how many more interesting widgets are made. I do have two for today. The first one comes from Shadeland Studios, and it's called the Adult Body Mass Indicator Widget. Enter your height in feet and inches, and then your weight, and then it will come back with your body mass estimate. What is a body mass estimate, or BMI? It is an indication of how fit you are according to a mathematical formula in which your weight in kilograms is divided by your height in meters squared. Yeah. Anyway, Shadeland's widget does the hard work for you, converting the height and weight into standard American units for those of us who never learned the metric system. A BMI of around 19 to 25 is supposed to be your ideal weight for most men and women. You can find this widget from all the usual suspects and at the creator site, which is ShadelandStudios.com. That's S-H-A-D-E-L-A-N-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S dot com. Now, what was my BMI? (laughs) Well, none of your damn business. The next widget is for those that don't care about their body mass indication and enjoy eating out on a regular basis. It's called the Restaurant Ratings Widget from Inertron.com. It has a very easy-to-use interface. First, select your state, then your city, and a list of reviewed restaurants from that site appears in a drop-down list. Select the restaurant of your choice to view its address, phone number, and if it has one, a link to the restaurant's website. 
you can also see what others have said about it. If you have been to one of these restaurants listed, a quick click will take you to the restaurantratings.com site, that's ratings with a Z at the end, to add your own review. Great widget. Highly recommended unless your body mass indication is above 30 or more. Not that I know anything about that. Moving on now, if you have any questions or comments about the Dashboard Minute, or if there's a widget you'd like or have made that I haven't covered yet, send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and be here again next week right here on the Dashboard Minute on the MyMac.com podcast. And we'd like to thank Guy Searle for another great Dashboard Minute. And, of course, Inatech.com, the company who hosts our servers. Yep. And, actually, it will be our server real soon, but... We'll get into that in another podcast. Yeah. It's the price of success. <laughs> I have to buy my own well, server now. Well, the price of bandwidth, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, well. So, anyways, we have with us for t- today, uh, Brian Lund from... Hey, Rad- guys. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Great. Radical Brief Software is one of those companies that just make really killer products. And, Why, thank uh, you. Uh, you know, th- there's not enough companies like yours that make really cool programs anymore, I don't think. I agree completely. You know, back in the heyday for me, 95 through 2000, there was just a ton of smaller companies that made really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that there are some still out there, and Radical Breeze is is definitely one of them. Yeah, you've well, got, thanks. I appreciate that. Now, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the company, just to give some background for our listeners? Yeah, Radical Breeze is a tiny little company. It consists almost entirely of myself and my fiance. Um, we do most of the development and one or two other developers and a graphics guy help us out to make sure we look good. And uh, uh, we've been around for just shy of three years now. And you already have 12 titles out for the Mac. I mean, that's pretty yes. impressive. 12 titles? Well, you know, <laughs> there are 12 applications, but there are 12 small applications. I mean, uh, we have three or four applications that are pretty sizable pretty hefty media applications uh but some of them are, are real small you know kind of just do one thing and and one thing well and and that's all it focuses on so we can we can create a lot more of those well what's, what's great is ones. that you actually uh, you have some free software so people can actually go yep. up to your site right now and not have to pay a dime and and get a taste of what you guys can do over at radical breeze Oh, absolutely. And, and you we, need, we try not to charge much for our apps um just because you know, that's one of the things I like about the Mac shareware market is you can get out there and try a bunch of apps and not spend an arm and a leg doing it. Do you think shareware has got a better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, reputation now than it used to? It used to be you know, shareware that meant, yeah, it's low class, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I think shareware now is totally the opposite. I think yeah. a lot of shareware out there is just fantastic. It's mm-hmm. as good, if not better, than the stuff that you can buy commercially. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got the likes of Delicious Monster and Panic and Radical Breeze. <laughs> that, <laughs> Definitely. That, you know, yeah. just have a, a good reputation. It's it's very nice. Now, one of the reasons that I thought when I first got an email from you, I, I obviously I get a lot of email, um, press releases and stuff like that, running MyMac.com for the last over a decade. <laughs> um, but I, I saw that you have a really cool new program called Pictograb. And yeah. what caught my attention is it said it's compatible, kind of, with the new iPhoto and iPhoto or an iLife 6. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Yeah, so what we've done is we've made it so that you can use uh, uh, the RSS feeds from the photocast that you can create with iLife 6 and just use it to use Pictograph to download all the pictures in uh, yeah, photocast. I, I like that because one of the my misgivings when I first saw photocasting, and I like there's a new word that Apple's created to, to yeah. market their own product, photocasting, was that anybody on the other side who wanted to subscribe to it also had to have iPhoto and iLife 06. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right. yeah, exactly. you know, everybody who's going to subscribe has to pay 80 bucks for iLife. Yeah, I didn't like <laughs> that. So when I saw Pictograb, you can subscribe to other people. I thought that's exactly what was needed. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's exactly why we made it. Uh, exactly. I mean, the, there's lots of photo blogs out there, lots of photocasts that are popping up. And, you know, even if you can browse to it through Safari, downloading all the pictures by right-click, save as, repeating 10,000 times in a row gets old really fast. So this kind of solves that. Now, I happen to be a a heavy user of Roxio Toast. I have been for, well, even before it was Roxio. (laughs) I'll forgive you. (laughs) But now... uh, quite honestly, I knew about Disk Blaze, but I haven't tried it yet. As someone that uses uh, your competitor, why should I come and try Disk Blaze? And, and, and if I haven't used anything before, why would anybody want to te- check out Disk Blaze? Sure. If, from my point of view, if you already have $100 invested into Roxio Toast and it's working for you, don't buy my application. That's, um, that's refreshing to hear. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, Displays is a quality app. It's, it looks nicer than Toast. The icon's cooler and all <laughs> that sort of thing. I mean, lots of important things about it. I mean, you can do, you know, some really fancy stuff, you know, custom Mac and PC hybrids, um, uh, you know, full UDF burning. Lots of cool things that Toast does, too. But for if you already have Toast, you know, why spend another $30 right now? My personal recommendation to people is when they upgrade to the new version of, let's say, OS 10.5 or something, and they need to upgrade their version of Toast, instead of spending 50 to 100 bucks on that, then look at Displays. And that's, I think, the, the best bang for your buck that way. I definitely think the icon is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to see it, go up to RadicalBreeze.com and check out Displays. Uh, and, of course, we're going to have links from our show notes, show 68, so just go there and follow the link over. Uh, how are you guys doing on supporting the new Intel Macs? Are you there yet? Are you working on it? We've we've got Intel support for two of our applications. Uh, the rest of them should be there over the course of the next three to six months, I'm guessing. Wow. How, how, how do you think the... Uh... Boy, I had a train of thought there, and I completely lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the MyMac Podcast. <laughs> how how difficult is it has it been for you guys to make a transition, and how long do you think you're going to support the classic Mac architecture and the new mark the you know the Intel chips? Sure. So far, it's been pretty easy. Um, a couple of the applications that we make are still Carbon applications that use a lot of Carbon libraries. And those are posing a bit of a challenge, but we, as long as we can support both PowerPC and Intel, we're going to. Um, we, for the most part, we mostly only support OS ten point three and ten point four. Um, so hopefully that'll make it easier for us. So you're not going to go backwards compatible on on a lot of programs. It's just easier to to stay more up to date. Yeah, we found. Uh, 
of the people who tend to buy a lot of shareware, those people tend to also be pretty up to date in software and hardware. So like we've only once in a blue moon ever get a complaint from someone that an app doesn't run under OS 10.2. Mm. So we don't really bother with it. Um, and that lets us focus on all the cool stuff that gets added in each OS release and get them out there faster to the users. So that's, that's a kind of a bonus. I'd like to talk real quick about uh, Illumination. I know when Spotlight first came out, one of the things that I know Tim was complaining about is he said it'd be nice to have an app where I could take all my media and be able to search it to find information that I, that I know is out there, but I just can't remember what format I have it on, whether it's on a disk or whether I've got it on a hard drive or you know a, a portable FireWire drive that I've, that's not hooked up to my computer right now. <clears throat> totally, totally. So... Yeah. Sorry. Illumination was kind of to yeah, it was designed to to do exactly that. But one thing we found once we made Illumination, which lets you kind of catalog and search through all your CDs and DVDs, whatever uh, you have offline, um, is that it would be really cool to have very tight integration with the Spotlight itself, mm-hmm. which current Illumination doesn't have, and man, does it need it. Um, it would be really cool to be able to pop a CD into Illumination and then be able to go into Spotlight, do a search, and it'll tell you, hey, this is on this CD, this file is on this DVD uh, via Illumination. And we hope to do that sooner than later. So you won't have to actually launch that program? Spotlight will automatically search the contents of the catalog that it creates? Exactly. That would be very cool. Wow. Yeah, Um, that's what we were thinking. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, back in the day, I had like 500 floppy disks and boy those I, I'm trying to remember the the something catalog or cataloger or something and this is back in the like Mac OS 7.5 days sure it, it was such a hassle to try to find anything that I had archived to floppy disks that I eventually just numbered them mm-hmm. in both the finder and I put the number on the disk and used that program to basically store everything and I could search it within that program and okay that's on floppy disk number 28 mm-hmm. <laughs> ironically I did something very similar yeah I think uh, you know if you came from the same generation of Mac users as we did you, you found little workarounds like that but you, now with metadata and spotlight there's just so many more easier ways to search you would think that Apple would have built something in that every time you insert a disk it simply makes a quick catalog, and mm. it's searchable in, in Spotlight. So I'm oh, go- absolutely. Yeah, th- that would have made sense. After we released Illumination, we pulled back from our development for a while because we expected Apple to release that functionality into Spotlight. And it didn't happen. And we were surprised. <laughs> so now we have to go back, and, and we're going to make Illumination you know, robust enough so that it can be searched via Spotlight. Uh, what made you start Radical Breeze in the first place? Obviously, uh, you just probably didn't wake up one morning and go, oh, I want to run my own software company. Uh, mostly because I had a big mouth. I, <laughs> I worked at a couple companies. I worked at Microsoft for several years in the Mac business unit there. And uh, I kept telling people that, you know, our software isn't good enough. I can do better. And I kind of had to put my money where my mouth was. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and it took me a while. Uh, me and my fiance, uh, both developers by trade, uh, started Radical Breeze, and we went at it full bore for about a year before we got good at what we were doing. So, um, yeah. So, so now I've finally been successful in showing the people that I actually knew what I was talking about in the first place, 
and now I just love doing it, so I keep doing it. Well, I know it's always popular for Mac users to bash Microsoft, but quite honestly, I like quite a few of the programs that come out of the Mac business unit. Um, in fact, they just bought, oh, geez, what was it, some company that will actually allow you to play Windows Media Files within QuickTime, so I was, was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Flip for Mac guy. Yes, that's what it was, yeah. Flip for Mac. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. Uh, unfortunately, though, it, it does worry me that Microsoft basically is not going to support Windows Media Player on the Mac at all anymore. Right. I actually worked on the Windows Media Player for Mac team many years ago. And uh, and when I say team, I mean like two people. <laughs> um, but uh, so it, the Mac platform, you know, is never really a focus for most of the organizations within Microsoft outside of Office. Um, but Office is pretty solid. It's a pretty good app on the Mac side. So are you running Radical Breeze full-time now? Yes. So you're. I hope you're not starving, right? Right. Um, <laughs> it fluctuates from month to month. Well, uh, I can tell this you if month I didn't, we're doing pretty solid. Last month we were hungry a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I tried to do MyMac.com full-time, I would be skeletons. and <laughs> 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 a, little, a little harder. It's, it's hard. It, it Definitely, without question. Uh, where do you see the company in a few years? Um, uh, pretty much the same place we're at now. I don't want to be some big company. I don't even really want to be a medium-sized company. I just want to uh, make better software than we're making now and uh, continue to have better icons than we have now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of have my, my focus. And um, um, we've got one or two new apps coming out, and otherwise we're just going to be spending time creating new versions of the, the existing applications over the next year or two. And that's that's pretty much as far out as we have planned. So, any hope that uh, you kind of go the confabulator route, that company like Yahoo says, we just need these programs, and here's $50 million. <laughs> you, mean, you mean if Roxio decided they wanted to buy displays? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if someone were to come in and say, here's a, here's $50 million, uh, give us this source code and come work for us, I would have an awfully hard time saying no. Yeah, <laughs> I but, hope so. uh, that's not my plan, and I'm not seeking it. Um, and no one has ever come to me and offered anything like that. It was just a question. I don't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do, I am open to talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same with MyMac.com, $50 million. It's, Yeah, It's there for you. We'll even continue <laughs> yeah. the weekly podcast. <laughs> that's just how generous we are. You guys are nice guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So... Um, Oh, blank to, spot there. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I was going to ask if obviously he's working on some new apps. Care to drop any hints on what they might be? Sure. Uh, we're actually working on a screenwriting application uh, right now. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Final Draft yeah. um, or Movie Magic Screenwriter or anything like that. But yep. uh, we're creating one that actually looks good and works right. Mm. Um, Interesting. Uh, um, other than that, the rest of it's a secret. Other right. than we do have a new version of Footlights uh, coming out within the next few weeks, which should be pretty cool. Well, I, I've, I've given people this hint in the past. Porn. Big oh, business. <laughs> Not that again. <laughs> oh, why do you think iMovie got so big so fast? Come on. Uh, true enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Brian. We appreciate you coming on the MyMac podcast. We wish uh, Radical Breeze all the success in the world. You guys got some Absolutely. great software products. Yes. Oh, thanks. We really appreciate you having us on. Or me on. <laughs> we, us, we. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's well, more like us than we she's, thought. <laughs> she, she's sitting in the other room right now, so she's kind of here. <laughs> he's by himself. Will you stop touching me? 
Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Brian. 5,281 podcasts. Podcast Alley, PodcastPromos.com, Podshow, Podfinder Podcast, iTunes. Where are your listeners going to find your podcast? In all the clutter, get noticed and stand out. My name is Adam Raymer, and I own Madtown Aces Audio Productions. We want to produce your podcast promo. Many big-name podcasters have solicited promos for play on their shows. What's more likely to get played? This is Billy Bob. Listen to my podcast. Or this. Podcasting to the world, it's Johnny Sonic. The Digital Experience Podcast. Podcasting from the Red Boy World Headquarters. Typical PC user, elf for the rest of us. Even if you want to use your own voice, we can make you sound more like you. Contact me personally now for your free consultation on the web at madtownaces.com or by email madtownaces at gmail.com. Madtown Aces Audio Productions, providing quality audio imaging solutions for the podcast community since the dawn of podcasting. Madtown Aces Productions. Podcasts like you mean it. And it was Brian Lund from Radical Breeze Software. They really do have some really great looking graphics up on their site. Yeah. So, so many software and shareware developers, even commercial software developers, have just the crappiest icons. Mm-hmm. You know, And I like a company who's actually taken the time to think, let's make a cool looking icon so when it's in mm-hmm. your dock, it's really eye catching. Yeah. Smart, smart, smart. Yep. A uh, few things before we wrap up here. Uh, first of all, I want to get into a little bit of feeder, reader feedback. You remember Slough? Sure. Uh, interviewed him back in podcast number 57. Pod Safe for Peace. He wrote in, uh, I remember when you guys were talking about trying to figure out a mod that would put a mini in something like a Mac Plus or a Classic. Well, there's a Japanese guy who did it with an SE30. Check it out at, and he sends me a link, which I'll put in the show notes. Just thought you might get a kick out of it. And it is pretty cool. This, yeah. this guy, he actually got the monitor in the SE30 to work with the mini. Oh, my God. It's all weird yeah, wired up sure. thing and yeah. but it works it's yeah. so i'm quite impressed with it mm-hmm. go ahead we've got a comment from uh one of our listeners ed Fuer, who writes i tried downloading your podcast as an mp3 file to my imac which uses 1039 instead of appearing as an mp3 it came down in real player form i couldn't import that into itunes to put on my ipod any ideas i suggested that he check his browser settings that because it really doesn't sound like a problem um it, I couldn't figure out why it did that. I figured, well, yeah, he I must mean, have yeah. MP3 set as to play back in real player. Yeah. He said, no, he doesn't, and that's not the problem. And so I'm asking if anybody else is out there have heard of this problem. It doesn't happen to anybody else as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I download it in the browser all the time. It usually simply plays right in the web browser. Right. And if I actually right-click and download it to my desktop... It's, it just downloads as an MP3 file that QuickTime opens. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has any idea why when uh, Ed is downloading our podcast from the website directly to his hard drive and it's coming in as a real-time a media, real, player file. real player file, why is that? Yeah. It's weird. So if anybody has any ideas on why that's happening, uh, send me an email at tim at mymac.com and uh, we'll let people know and we'll let Ed know why it's doing that. Yep. Uh, a couple things. Let's jump on the website and uh, update people on what's going on at MyMac.com because we've been remiss as of late. Yep. There's a really cool, and and I've actually got an email saying, why is this a PDF? Why can't I read it online? And it's a real great article, a uh, six-page PDF from David Avery called, uh, What's Faster and Better, the PowerPC or the Pentium? Demystifying the Hype. Yep. 
It's an excellent, excellent read. Uh, he created it. I, I'm assuming in in pages. I'm pretty. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's what he created. Mm. It. And he output it as a PDF, and it looks so good. And it's six pages long. I thought it's probably best as a PDF. Yeah. So definitely, you're gonna you're gonna want to go download that. It's really a good read. And if you're still a, a pretty new computer user and you don't know how computers really really work. Not only will David go into the Pentium in the PowerPC, but he'll actually explain to you what's going on in your computer. Yeah, it's a great primer for anyone who's not real familiar with how with the concept behind computing and, and uh, hardware architecture. So, a couple things from Donnie Yankelo, Maxpiration number twenty-one, quick image editing in preview. I bet a lot of people don't even know you can use the preview application that came free with your Macintosh. To edit photos, mm. rotate, crop. It does quite a bit of yep. photo editing. Obviously, it's not an iPhoto, mm-hmm. but it's it's better than nothing, and it actually works real well, and he's got a couple thumbnails online as well at the moment. Yep. And we also have Adobe Illustrator CS2 review by Tim Robertson. Yeah, I, uh, I, I gave a nice little review to Adobe Illustrator. Uh, I believe it's version 12 now, 11, 12? CS2 is the part of the package. I've been a long-time user of the program, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of really new feature, really great new features in CS2 that I just really wanted to share with people. Live Trace is absolutely fantastic for anybody out there who works with graphic files, and you know what I'm talking about. You can actually open up, say, a black and white logo, and I'll, I give examples in the review right on, on the website, and you can convert, let's say, a JPEG or a GIF into or a bitmap file mm-hmm. you can convert it into line art which is it's fantastic there's been third-party applications that's done it for years including one from adobe themselves but it's never been built into adobe illustrator yeah and wow i i can't believe they got it as right as they did it just live trace just works great uh, you can set the different levels um on how much you want it to trace and it becomes line art it's just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it. I don't understand the underpinnings of how it can convert like that, and it's actually line art. But this is the type of feature in an Illustrator that I've always, always wanted. Always wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they finally have it in there. It's, it's just simply fantastic. And Live Paint is another new feature. Uh, probably a little bit too complicated to go into it here on the podcast. But go up on the website, check out my review of Adobe Adobe, <laughs> Adobe Illustrator CS2. And we also have another article from Klaus Wolf, How Much Faster Are the New iMacs? And he's reporting, about, uh, he's reporting on a magazine who did some speed tests on the iMac Duo, comparing it to an iMac G5. Yep. The thing is, there's no speed tools written for the iMac Intel yet. Yeah. You know, there's no benchmarking or anything mm-hmm. quite yet. So, how do you test it? It's called a stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the blog side, Roger Bourne has, so now the solar system has eight or ten planets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about all those Kuiper Belt objects in the planet Pluto, and what do you classify it as? So. John Farr lets us know that this is new Grack, uh, Colin Poston, and a little bit others. And I posted news on the day it happened of the new iPod Nano 1 gigabyte. Which we've already talked about in the podcast. Absolutely. And 
uh, last thing that uh, posted on 2506, you can win a new MacBook Pro. Mm. Now, before anybody starts sending in contests at MyMac.com, we're not the ones giving away the MacBook Pro. Absolutely not. That would be our sponsor, Small Dog Electronics. Yep. Uh, so go up there and enter for a chance to win. There's nothing quite like a free computer to make your day all the better. Yep. And uh, as we said before, thanks to all of our sponsors. And remember, IROX USA, if you guys are looking for a really cool glowing keyboard, mm-hmm. if you like to type in the dark, this is the keyboard that you're going to want to pick up. Only 65 bucks with a $12 rebate. And thanks again to Brian Lund from Radical Breeze Software for coming on the podcast and talking about his company. Thanks to Chris Siebold and Guy Searle. The show is just not the same without him. Right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.